Lord, open our hearts and minds to you. Guide us by your Holy Spirit and grant us wisdom and understanding that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, may we be filled with joy at what you say to us this day. And let God's people say, Amen. Our first reading is from Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 1 through 12. Shout out! Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight, to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose? A day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice? to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness, and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places, and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Our reading continues in the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but it's thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good work and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as we continue in our series following God, we come to 
yet another situation where we have to compare selflessness to selfishness. And that is when we find what our purpose is, and we find that we act with a purpose when we are following God. Isaiah talks about fasting. And the way that Isaiah talks about fasting, you would think that fasting is a bad thing. The thing is, is that we can replace fasting in Isaiah with just about every spiritual practice that we have. Are you to come to worship and sing only so that you can hear yourself sing? Do you come and pray so that you can lift up your own words and that others may hear you and others may be proud of the words that you speak? If you come up to take communion, if you do it just to fill your belly, are you doing it for anyone besides yourself? If you preach the Word just so that you can hear yourself speak and think that others are looking up to you, are you doing anything besides flattering yourself? If you set yourself free at the expense of others, has anybody really been freed at all? When we think of Isaiah that way, Isaiah really hammers home the point that the fasting that he's observing is people doing things for themselves. Yes, you're fasting, but you're using your workers while you fast. If your workers aren't free, then is your fast any good? If your fasting just leads to complaining and fighting, is it really a fast for God? If you fast and show that you're holy by rolling around in sackcloth and ash and showing that you are so afflicted, is it doing anything for the kingdom of God if doing it means that you ignore those who are suffering? And it's interesting because fasting is one of the things that's required. But Isaiah points out, Maybe the fast that people think of when they think about themselves is not the fast that God thinks about. And what's the fast that God thinks about? That we fast from our own selfish needs and desires. That when we see somebody who needs to be clothed, we clothe them. When we see somebody who is sick, we help to take care of them. When somebody is in prison, we visit them. When somebody is hungry, we feed them. When someone is in trouble, we help. When there is injustice in the world, we seek justice. That we be a light in the darkness. Not a light hidden, but a light shining. Because the thing is, is that the other part about all the fasting is that there are many prescribed ways to fast, but if it becomes routine, then all it is is routine. There are plenty of things that we can do without ever honoring God. That we can pray, we can sing, we can worship. And we can do it all just so that we are going through the motions and being part of the routine and making sure that we do it because then we are fulfilled and we don't get anything out of it besides us. On the other hand... We can do it all to honor God, to be filled up, so that we are equipped to go out and be in ministry to a broken world that needs that life. 
If we only turn that light on on Sunday morning, the light is doing no one good. We are called to be a people in ministry to the world at all times. Because that is our purpose if we are following God. That we are called not just to be holy in our personal life, but to be holy in our social life. And that we have to have both if we are going to follow what God wants from each and every one of us. Because if all we do is focus on others, we will burn ourselves out and there will be nothing left to do and nothing left to help with. If all we do is focus on ourselves, no one will be helped by anything that we do. So we help others as we help ourselves so that God may help us all. Because if we are the salt of the earth, then it means that we help to preserve mankind. But if all we do is let it sit on the table and go, well, I'll use it when I really need it, then it sits and it sits. And you know what happens if you let a salt container sit long enough? It gets damp. And it becomes a big clump. And you no longer have the salt of the earth. You've just got a dense rock. And all it's good for is throwing out and hoping that maybe, maybe it might help somebody not slip on a sidewalk if it'll break up. And it loses its usefulness because it was never being used. If we don't use our spiritual gifts, they clump up and they become a rock that we trip over. Because we are not called to sit and wait for the exact right moment. We are called to make the right moment. We might get it wrong. We might mess it up. Maybe there'll be too much salt. Maybe there'll be too little. But we have to try. Because the thing is, is that if we use our gifts, if we mess up, God's going to step in to figure out what needs to happen to make sure it happens right. If we trust in God, then we trust that God will find away. That even if our actions we know won't be enough to change everything, our actions might be enough to help somebody else that will help somebody else that will help somebody else to make the change that we know needs to happen. But what we can't do is sit back and say, well, this is somebody else's problem. Because if it's God's problem, then it's our problem. And if we say it's somebody else's problem, then we're saying it's somebody else's God. And I am not about to give that up. We have to act with a purpose. And the purpose has to be justice and righteousness. It has to be doing good. Because it has to be reflecting the love that God has shown us. And it has to be that we light the path. That when others are walking in darkness, we need to be a light that is always shining. And even if our light fades and it becomes dim, when we shine our light together, it will always be bright enough 
to shine a light on the way to the cross. Because Jesus will always make sure that we have enough. It will not be easy. I know it won't be easy because every example we have of discipleship is that it means sacrifice, and sacrifice is always hard. Whether it means giving up a day to go and do good, whether it means giving up something that would have been very nice for yourself so that somebody else has what they need, whether it means giving up being comfortable with where you're at, whether it means completely relooking at subjects you thought you knew or helping people that you'd rather not be helping. If God is the God of all people, then our mission is to help all people. If our God went to the cross for the sins of all, then he went to the cross for the sins of all. Not just the ones we agree with, not just the ones that we pick and choose, not just the ones that we would like to help, but all are included, which means all are worthy of God's love and all are worthy of God's assistance, which means all are worthy of our time and our talents and our efforts and our energies. Because our purpose isn't to glorify ourselves in what we do. Our purpose isn't to shine a light on the great things we have done so that we can be honored. The purpose is to shine a light on God that all may see that God is good and that God is love and that God cares. Because people don't come running because they want the law. People don't come running because they want to be judged. People don't come running to the cross because they want somebody to complain about the things that they do. People come to the cross because they know that it is love. And that is the light that we shine. And that is our purpose. Because that's the love that drew us to it. And it's the love that keeps us near it. And it's our duty, our responsibility, our passion and our purpose to share that love and that light with the world. That all may know it, that all may experience it, and that all may find a home. And that we may make this earth God's kingdom. That we may make this people God's people. And that we may find peace. Because we share in peace. That we find love because we share in love. And we live with our Lord and Savior because we share that message. And that is our purpose when we are following God. In every step of the way, in every leg of the journey, 
that we trust that God will get us there. Amen.